Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Byword Show. I'm so glad you're here. Today's going to be a fun one. I've got my friend Sloan Wilson here with me. We're going to be talking about dating. She's the expert. You guys are going to love her. So let's just dive right into this. Sloan, would you introduce yourself? Yes. Well, first off, I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast and I've been loving the things we've been posting on social media. So I'm just really excited to come and hang with you for an hour and your listeners. Um, yeah, so I'm Sloan Wilson. I am a dating coach and I'm also, I mean, I want to say a dating expert, but I guess I am 26, <laughs> almost 27 and I have been dating for a minute. <laughs> so I guess to some degree you could call me an expert, but I've been working in the realm of relationships for the last four or four five-ish years now. And so I used to work with a nonprofit where I um, heavily oversaw our singles and dating portion of what we mm -hmm. did. And then I was even able to help create a program called Date Well, which is a program for women. Um, it's a 12 session, 12 course, um, really it, it's an extensive program on the topic of dating that leads you through um, five different core pillars um, that we believe is like the, you know, the heart behind a healthy dating. And so we have you know, incredible guests come on and join us to talk through amazing things and topics on dating. We have live calls and we have one-on-one um, -on -one times and all the fun things. I feel like I could talk about it forever because I love it and it's really <laughs> exciting. So I love what I do and I'm just really glad to be here and hang with you. I'm so glad you're here. And I love what you do with date. Well, it's just, it's so cool. And I wish I would have had those resources when I was in the dating world because <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, you and I have talked about how dating is just, it's crazy out there, especially when you're in your later twenties yeah. and just, there's just so much pressure in the church world, like all the things. So let's yeah. just unpack this because we have a lot to say, you guys, yeah. so buckle up. This is going to be a fun one. Um, but as we're getting started, you mentioned the date well program and what you guys offer. Would you give us yeah. like a really brief condensed overview of like maybe like the pillars that you talk about in there, like what, yeah. what it all encompasses. Yeah. Okay. So date well was like my baby, man. It took us like two years to build it. Cause I felt very much the same way, Hannah. I felt like, especially in my early twenties feeling like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing <laughs> when it comes to dating, especially dating in the church and especially dating as a Christian. I feel like there are so many caveats and nuances to dating that it just, it gets really messy really easily. And a lot of people don't know what we're doing. And so I feel like I really wish I had resources or at least just had someone present with me in that process who understood where I was at. And so when it came to building date wall, that was really my heart and intention behind it. I really wanted to hold space for women um, to process pain, process, dis um, you know, like discouragement within dating, but then also process the successes and the, you know, fun aspects. And they're like, oh my gosh, I just went out, I just got out there. I went on a date or like, oh my goodness, I'm like starting my online profile and it's really nerve wracking and I'm nervous and it's fun. And all those things, I wanted to be able to hold space for women to share those. And so when it came to the pillars of date, well, we spent a lot of time, um, as a team, kind of diving into what does it look like to build a healthy relationship in general. And so when it when it came down to it, we found like these top five things were like, these are the essential, you know, things we need to go after if we're going to build this thing. And so number one is identity. Um, I think all of us can say that. I think in the church, the word identity is used pretty heavily, you know, especially if you've grown up in religious environments, I think it's pretty you know, easy to think that that's something that's going to be talked about because it's very essential, you know? Yeah. And so the idea of identity, knowing who you are, but not just knowing who you are, being a friend to yourself, um, 
learning how to trust yourself, trusting your gut and dating is also super important. I feel like a lot of times we um, sacrifice that in dating, um, thinking that somehow maybe if I change here or shift here or conform here, maybe they'll like me more, maybe I'll find more men, maybe it'll be more what I'm wanting, all those things. And so in that identity portion, we talk about, yeah, who are you? Like, not just who are you, but really like, who are you? What, what makes you come alive? What makes you passionate? What are your fears? Why are they your fears? All of those things. And then it kind of leads into the second portion, which is trust. And so a lot of dating is building trust, right? And so it's a lot of understanding how to trust yourself and with coming and with trusting yourself comes, you know, uncovering past pain that might be holding you back, whether that is like, you know, childhood wounds that are like rearing their head in your dating life. Maybe it's past relationships or pain that caused you to want to take a step back in dating or makes you scared of dating. Um, and really understanding how your upbringing affects the way that you date is a big portion of that trust um, pillar in dating, which is super important. And so when we go into trust, we actually, we have like a clinical psychologist come on and really mm-hmm. talk through um, that idea of, how your upbringing affects your dating life. And so that's like the biggest portion of that. So there's trust, then there's vision. Um, you can't, I mean, it's just like what scripture says, right? Without vision, people perish. I think the same thing yeah. is true in dating. If you don't have a vision for your dating life, um, you're gonna just kind of flounder around and hope that something sticks. Um, but if you have a vision for dating, if you have a vision for what it could look like to have a healthy relationship or to have a healthy marriage eventually, to have a healthy family, all of those things are so important because it gives you something to have eyes towards. And it kind of weeds out all the non-essential you know, situationships or relationships that just aren't actually helping you gain your vision, you know? And then within that vision portion, we also talk about, you know, because dating is also being single, like you're still figuring it out. Even if you're casually dating, doesn't mean you're like immediately in a relationship, you're single. And so learning how to have vision for yourself outside of a relationship is huge in dating. And a lot of times we as women, we want to find, we want to find our man. We want to get married. We want a husband. We want to have babies, all the things that we can take a step back and be like, wait, I don't actually know what I want to do with my life. I don't know what my Mm -hmm. calling is. I don't know. Um, I don't know any of these things. And it takes a lot of relearning and understanding what those things are. And so that's what that vision portion is. And then the last two portions is dating mindset and then dating strategy. So dating mindset is like, what are all the preconceived notions you've had about dating? Let's throw those out and let's replace those with healthier mindsets. What does it look like to have a healthy relationship? What does it look like to show up to dating wholehearted? Um, So we really talk about that there and how to enter dating with a um, hopeful and plentiful mindset, abundant mindset. And then dating strategy is like, okay, how do we do the thing? (laughs) Okay. How do we get out there? Like, how do we build a good dating profile? Like, how do I go on a first date? Like, how do I, you know, you know, I just went through heartbreak and it was really, really crappy and it sucked. How do I actually think I'm going to find someone else? Like all of those things kind of are encompassed in that dating strategy portion. And so 12, we have 12 core or 12 sessions that kind of find their home in each one of those pillars. And so, yeah, man, we get into it and we have very real and vulnerable conversations. We have um, a group, I think it's about 400 women now. And we, we, we talk about the things, right? So we don't just skip over very, you know, taboo conversations. No, we go straight to them. We talk about all of the things. And that's one thing that I've loved about our Daywell community is that there's safety mm-hmm. there. And I feel like 
Um, if you're coming from church backgrounds or a religious background, it can be really scary to have some of the conversations that I know that you have questions about, you know, like we, we all have questions about sex. We all have questions about purity culture. We all have questions about boundaries. We all have questions about these things that feel really taboo in the church. And so in date, well, we've really built a safe space to have those conversations without shame or judgment attached. And so people can just be honest. And that's what I love. And that in my coaching too, and one-on-one coaching, that is what I love to do is we're not, I'm not going to sit down with you and tell you, okay, one plus two equals three. And that's exactly how you're going to have a perfect dating life. And you'll never have any issues. And let me tell you how to date because I know all the things. No, I don't, I don't run it like that. I really build a safe place to say, Hey, I want you to process pain and I want to hold space for you to, to feel that and talk about the things that you're scared to talk about. And so all that to say, I just feel like I said so many words, I'm so sorry. but that's, that's that. No, I, I love it. I am obsessed with this because it's just, it's so special what you guys have built and it's so needed. I just think about when I was in yeah. high school, even just, you know, like when dating was a new kind of thing to me, I felt so number one, clueless and awkward. And then also, you know how it is. We've, we've talked about this in the church. It just feels like dating is so high stakes. Like there's all this pressure to find the one and don't waste your time on casual dating. Like you have to find your husband and it's, you know, like all of these things that really make it super serious and just, I don't know. It's, it's really, it's just a lot of pressure on us that takes away from the joy of what dating then yes. like then to marriage is meant to be, you know? So I really love what you guys have created. Um, and I would love to hear just like your story and then how yeah. you guys speak to that high pressure that we sometimes feel in yeah. church world with dating and maybe even this idea of finding the one and all of that. Like, what are your thoughts on all that? Gosh, girl, do we got, <laughs> how much time do you have? <laughs> no, I, this is, I would say probably one of the bigger questions that we get. And, um, I mean, I work with women who are, you know, Christians and I work with women who aren't. So I've seen a lot of, of both, right? So I see my faith is important to me. So I'm going to bring that into what I'm sharing, especially with someone who has a shared faith with me. But those who don't have the shared faith as I do, um, hearing their stories and, and letting them share with me what, what it's like for them is that there's a commonality between all sides, you know, faith, non-faith, whatever, is this idea of just dating feeling so high stakes. And I would say, especially in the church though, especially in the church, there is this um, greater sense of, I need to find my one. But the funny thing to me about that mentality or the idea of finding the one being so prevalent in church environments is that the idea of the one or soulmate actually came from Greek methodology. It wasn't even founded in, in in scripture, which is funny to me that I'm just like, how did we adopt this? Um, yeah. so essentially, I, I think how it, how it goes, you could probably Google it, I'm sure. But, you know, I'll use my broken understanding of it to share, I guess. I think it was Zeus that it was the idea that there was, um, you know, originally people were created as, you know, there was like a man and a woman. They were put together, essentially, and they were like one human. And then mm-hmm. Zeus was finding that these people were so powerful and they were doing so much and their egos were so big and they were going to like take over the kingdom or whatever. I don't know. And so Zeus was like, I'm going to split them in half and make them have this internal pressure to find their other half the rest of their lives. So then they're preoccupied mm-hmm. doing that, that they won't take over 
I don't know, whatever the kingdom, that's essentially <laughs> what that means is this idea that let me separate them. So then they are preoccupied with trying to complete themselves that they aren't able to do everything that they also, they were supposed to do essentially is what it says. Wow. And so I think it's very funny to me when I hear this idea brought up in the church so often, it's because I'm like, well, Hey, pause. Did you know where that actually came from? <laughs> you know, that's not, you know, no one's talking about that in Romans 8 or something. You know, it's not <laughs> in scripture that it's like you have one human and that human is the only human you get. And even mm. if we were to follow that idea. So let's say like, so let's say I'm, I'm speaking with someone who doesn't have the same faith as I am, something that they subscribe to, whatever. The idea of finding my one and there being only one person for me. Let's follow that train. Okay. So let's say my one person was Mike and I'm supposed to marry Mike. <laughs> well, Mike goes off and marries Hannah and now I'm alone and I don't have Mike. Does that mean that I now did something wrong and I have to marry someone who's not my person? And then if that's the case, that whole idea would crumble underneath the weight of everyone else making their own free will decisions. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't line up. And so the way yeah. I look at the idea of finding the one, it's like, no, 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 you're not trying to find the one. You're trying to find, you're trying to find your flavor. Like it's almost as if like it's two flavors, you know, there's two flavors that you put together that are just like, oh my gosh, this is the best. This tastes the best <laughs> together. And there's some flavors that you put together and things that's like, oh my gosh, that, that didn't taste great. That does not... <laughs> It's not super complimentary, right? You're trying to find your complimentary person. You're trying to find the person that can come alongside you, support you, make you feel safe, vice versa, and you can build a life together. Um, mm -hmm. So the idea of the one is really limiting and it's also very, very high stakes. And we don't need any more high stakes thinking when it comes to <laughs> Christian dating because we've already got enough. When I see yeah. the idea of the one too, and I talk with women about this is they're like, it, I, I can almost always point when I know someone has the high stakes, the one mentality. So I'll ask them what it looks like to go like on a first date for them and what are common thoughts that they, that go through their head when they're going on first dates. And the women who say like, well, I'm just trying to think, you know, or do they have the same, do, they, do they want to have kids? Do they want to get married? And do they want to like do this? And like, and they're thinking like such forward thinking, <laughs> futuristic um, attaching thoughts based off a coffee date. I'm like, hey, babe, uh, put a pause right here. You don't need to know if you guys are going to have three kids together yet. You just need to know if you guys have fun together. You need to know if they seem trustworthy right now. Keep it at mm -hmm. level Keep it at level one because you're at level one. You're on one date. And so kind of unearthing that mentality takes time. And there's no shame there, right? I had the same mentality for so long. You know, yeah. it's, it's real. It happens. But I think it's super important when we're trying to take steps back and really understand where our you know thoughts are coming from and understanding um why we have high stakes thinking to kind of just trace it back to like what what is it about dating that makes me feel extra high stakes is it that because i feel like if i don't find my one i'm going to be alone forever does being alone forever scare me why does it scare mm. me asking really good questions I just agree like I think that it's so easy as, as a girl. I mean, I remember being in high school, college, more college age, but going on dates and being like, is he the person I'm going to marry? Like just, and it just yeah, puts so much so stress on the situation. It's like, I can't even focus <laughs> on being myself and having fun because I'm just worried about whether we're going to break up or if we're going to get married. Like it's just, yes. it's way oh too much. It's way too much. Totally. It's such so true. And I feel like what you said is even such a good point. One thing that I always encourage my women to do is 
when they're going on a first date because the common thought that comes in your head is like oh my gosh do they like me do they like me do they like me do they like what I was wearing do they do they think what I'm saying is funny do they think what I'm doing is cool like all of those things come to our heads but I am like hey let's pause when you go into that date let's not let's not even go there yet I don't even I don't even care if he likes you yet do you like him <laughs> do you like hanging out with him do you like laughing with him and so flipping the switch on like oh wait I'm not having to prove myself here I'm not having to prove mm. that I'm good enough I'm not having to make a man want me, I can just show yeah. up and have fun. That takes off the pressure too of like, oh, this isn't going to be an identity marker here if, the, if this guy likes me or not. And I feel like that's been such a journey, even in my own life of being able to be like, oh, going on dates and just having fun and being so um, unafraid of being myself. Because at the end of the day, if they can't, if they aren't, um, yeah, they can't handle me. And, that, and I don't mean that like, a, I'm going to be crazy and just like <laughs> jump off the rails. But the, the idea of the, if they can't handle me, if they can't, they can't handle my humor, if they can't handle, you know, the, this or that, then like, they're not my flavor. And that's okay. And I give them permission to find someone who is, and I don't need them to want me. I don't need this man to need me or want me in order for me to feel okay. And I feel like that's a that's a really big thing when it comes to bringing down the high stakes. It's just even starting number one with that that thought: Do they like me? To do I like them? And letting that be how you lead your first date. I'm just gonna see if I like them. I'm gonna be I'm gonna come curious. Yeah, and I I just love that because that's something where if I could go back and change anything about my dating life, I wish I would have just let myself have fun and be myself. I was, like you said, so focused on, I want them to like me. I want them to think I'm cool. I want them to, you know, like all of these things. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if I'm trying to be all of these things and they do like me, then what's going to happen if they find out that's not really who I am? Like I've just mm -hmm. been pretending to be someone I'm not to get someone to like me or acting a certain way when that's mm -hmm. really just not who I am. And it's just, I don't know, adds a bunch of confusion to where if you're just yourself and and it's more comfortable that way. Like, it's just, it gives you so much more peace knowing that it didn't work if you're just genuinely yourself because you're like, okay, well, I was yeah. myself and it didn't fit. So that's okay. Like I can move on to someone who does fit. And yeah, I just, totally so much of that. That's definitely a huge step being able to flip the switch on that. Um, I'm yeah. curious, are there any other things that you've seen just get in the way for women to, whether it's like being able to get that, get out there and date or even enjoying dating? Like what are some things you've seen hinder that? Yeah, I would say first and foremost, kind of what we were talking about in the beginning, right? And I feel like the culture that we're in and the generation we're in right now is very like, um, very into the the topic of loving yourself and loving yourself well, which is great. But some of it is very trendy to mm -hmm. topics. You know, does that make sense? Like it feels very yeah. like, oh, very elusive and like, just love yourself. And like, <laughs> and sometimes their loving yourself means like, you know, go spend a bunch of money and like get your nails done and like all this stuff, like go for it, do that if you want to. But I, I wouldn't say that's really loving yourself. I would say loving yourself looks like understanding and knowing yourself, understanding your triggers, understanding why your triggers are there, um, doing the hard work to um, heal from past pain. And, and then also doing the hard work of understanding what makes you you like what are you passionate about what are those things that you really want to go after what are those things that you're really afraid of because you you feel like if you step into that realm it's gonna you know be huge and it's very vulnerable to like step into your calling and growing all those things and so i would say when it comes to dating i would say i'd say a big hang up and this happens in my own life too you know i'm, I'm almost 27 i'm dating and i've been in relationships and i've ended relationships and all of the things it's really that 
continual discovery of like, who am I? Like, I want to know what that is because I do firmly believe if we don't know who we are in our singleness, when we're alone with ourselves, then every relationship that we enter will define us. It's hard for it not to. It's you, especially when you have a deep desire and a deep longing to have a partner, it's going to be so normal to shift, adjust and form into um, like you were saying even a second ago, kind of putting on a mask and forming yourself into what you feel like the other person needs, but you could, that is not sustainable long-term at some yeah. point, the balloon's going to pop at some point, <laughs> you're going to get to uh, a point inside of yourself where it's like, I can't fake it till I make it anymore. I'm, I'm not me. And so I would say that would be the biggest thing that I see getting in women's way be only because when we're constantly trying to be what we feel other people want us to be, then we aren't actually able to authentically show up to dating um, and, and being real and having genuine conversations. And you can only go so deep at that point. If you, if you have the mask, if you have, you know, all the things that you feel like everything, everyone else wants for you to have in order to be good, perfect and worth loving. If you're, if you were wearing all of that, that gets really heavy first off. Oh yeah. And then two, you, you're, you're not able to actually have fun in dating. And I feel like dating should be fun. And I don't think that that should be, um, you know, having fun doesn't mean that there's not pain along the way. Having fun doesn't mean you're not facing hard things. Having fun doesn't mean rejection isn't going to come. Having fun is being able to show up to dating and saying, I know who I am. I love who I am. It's okay if they can't see that. It's okay if this didn't work out. It's okay if this relationship, you know, this quote unquote failed relationship didn't work. I, even the idea of a relationship being a failure, I just don't really I know we'll talk about that in a bit too but I don't I don't believe that relationships even if they end in breakups are failures we'll mm. talk about that more in a little bit but I think that would be yeah. the biggest thing biggest hang up I see in women is not being able to know themselves full, fully um and I, when I say that I don't mean you have to be perfectly healed before you date either because that's also like the goal in your life your whole goal in your life isn't to just get married there's so mm. much more inside of you and I think that's what I'm trying to say is when we're so hyper focused on finding a man getting married having babies and we're not actually able to invest in our dreams outside of that then we get really lost and consumed with that idea that once we have it there we really don't feel like there's anything else for us which is not true there's so much more to who you are as a woman than to just be a wife and have babies. That's an amazing thing. And I, I want that one day. And I, <laughs> I love that the women I work with want that. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful calling and a gift that we as women get to carry. But I also think there's incredible, other incredible things inside of you. You're a writer, you're a dreamer, you love fashion, you love this, you love all of these other things that make you you. And those things are so worth knowing. Um, but you're, aren't, you won't be able to share that with another person if you can't first find those things out yourself. So I say that that would be the first big one. And then mm -hmm. a, the other one would be what we just talked about is the mentality of dating being so high stakes. That makes dating really scary. And I feel like for a lot of women who have that mentality too, um, it, it came from trauma, you know, it came from pain. It's not, you know, you're not just thinking dating is high stakes for no good reason. Like you probably have reason to feel that way. Um, and I think that kind of ties into what we're saying, just understanding what those reasons are and being able to better um, support yourself in the process and then allowing yourself to take baby steps. Um, and I'd say like the last thing that I've seen a lot of just kind of funny, but um, getting in women's way is this idea of a type and having a type and 
my type is this and her type is that. And this is the only kind of man that I will ever go out with. And if I don't, you know, if he's not six foot five, then don't <laughs> even bother texting me back. Like, it's really, you know what I mean? Like just this idea of a type. And for so long, I thought I had a type, like my type to a T was this, I just thought I wanted this really artsy, like musician with like, <laughs> tattoos and like all the things. And I'm like, if he doesn't play guitar and if he doesn't have tattoos and if he's not, you know, X, Y, and Z, then like, I'm not super interested. And it was so funny because then and I ended up meeting the, the person I was in um, a relationship with last. And he was so far from my type that I almost wasn't even like into like, I wasn't really gonna, I, you know, I wasn't really interested. And then we went out and I was like, wow, this guy's so, he makes me feel so safe. Like, wow, this guy's actually really great. Like, wow, he's very different, like muscular, <laughs> like just, you know, not the idea of what I thought I ever wanted. And I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to date outside of my quote unquote type because it broke that type barrier for me. Now that relationship might not have worked out, but I don't see that as a failure at all. I learned so much about what mm. I really need in a relationship now. That's so much more than just tattoos and a, and a guitar playing <laughs> guy. Like I, I need other qualities that matter to me. And, and that's what dating should help you uncover. Dating is all on the process of discovering um, what you would need in the long term. And so I really talk about this heavily in day well, but it's the ideas of standards versus standards and preferences, essentially, instead of mm -hmm. having this long list of a type that he needs to be this and he's got to have this. And I literally went on a date with one guy and he um, literally pulled out his list and was like, this is kind of what I'm looking for. And he's like, I want a girl with curly blonde hair. And I was like, I mean, I have curly blonde hair, but this is really <laughs> awkward. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be this woman for you, you know? And it's mm. the same idea. Like women do that too. And so instead of having this long idea, a list of like, this is what I have to have. And my type has to be this way, ha kind of coming to the idea of standards and preferences. So standards being coming out with a list where you like, you know, one list can be like standards where it's like, these are your core values. These are your non-negotiable things. This is like, I need a, a man of integrity. I need a man who, you know, is determined, or I need a man that is emotionally available and emotionally aware, or someone who's really strong in their faith. Like these things that are core values to you and what you are like, I'm not willing to negotiate on these core things. These aren't things like I need them to have brown hair and I need <laughs> them to be eight foot nine and I need them to, you know, want to move to Nashville with me sometime because I just want to like do whatever. Like it's, <laughs> it's core things, like what makes up a human, you know, uh, yeah. those standards. And then another side would be the preferences. So these are non-negotiables. I think it's, it's fun to be aware of like, oh man, maybe I would be interested in this, but knowing that when you're looking at your quote unquote list, it's filled with more core things like integrity and strength and faith. Those kind of things are really important to you rather than it just being a full list of like, I would, you know, it'd be kind of cool if he was a worship leader. Like it'd be kind of cool if he was doing this. So I'm not saying that having preferences is bad. It's just when we prioritize our preferences over standards is when we get really um, limiting in our realm of, of meeting great men. Um, and not being afraid to go out with men that are outside of your type. So I think those are the the biggest things I see getting in the way of women. Oh my gosh. All of that is so good. You touched on so many good things in there. And I love the idea that you talked about just 
if a relationship doesn't last, that doesn't mean it's a failure because you really can learn and grow yeah. so much from every single dating relationship. And man, I, I remember whenever I was dating Christopher, it was so funny because it was the yeah. only time I had gone into a relationship with no expectations, no standards. Like it was so different for me and it ended up being so good yeah. for me because we ended up just hanging that. out in the beginning. It was just coming into the season where I wasn't necessarily looking to date, but mm -hmm. we ended up just getting coffee as friends. And it was so comfortable because I had no expectations that it was just fun. And it was the first time I let myself just enjoy it without thinking five years ahead and wondering if we would yeah. still be together, you know? And yeah. so it was really refreshing for me to get to that point where I was like, you know what? I can take everything that I've learned from past relationships about, you know, communication, things I wish I would have done differently, things that I really know now that I value and I won't budge on, you know, things like that I can take into future relationships. And it was just so good because when I got to that point where Christopher and I were dating, I felt a lot more sturdy in who I was and knowing what I was looking for in a relationship. Yeah. And we had started from a foundation of just really fun and casual and just getting to know each other rather than just like talking about all that heavy stuff that we mentioned in the beginning. And it was, it was yeah. so cool too, because um, kind of what you were talking about in the beginning too, just knowing who you are, it was so special the way that just God's timing through all of it, because right before Christopher and I started dating, I had decided that I was going to go do this mission school. And I knew that I was going to be out of state and then overseas for a while. And I had already committed to this. And then I met Christopher. So I had this moment um, where I was like, okay, do I keep my commitment and do what I feel like God is asking me to do, even though it'd be hard to do long distance. And I am not looking forward to that. Or do I settle and be like, okay, well, I found this guy. I think I just want to see if this will work. And I just, yeah. I told Christopher, you know, I feel like this is what God is telling me to do. And he was so supportive. And that was one of the main um, ways that I knew that it was like, he was the right person for me is because he just, he was so that. confident in me trusting God and being obedient to what God was leading me to do. And it's, it's continued yeah. to be that way in our relationship. He's just so supportive. But I remember for me in the beginning of our relationship, I mean, we've been dating. I mean, this was very, very beginning, maybe weeks. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, <laughs> this guy's going to break up with me when he knows we're going to be long yeah. distance for like six months. And I'm going to be in another country. Like, what are we going to do? Everything's going to fall apart. And it was just so cool to have that moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to stand firm in this. I know this is what God is asking me to do. And you know mm, what, I if Christopher that. is, if that's not going to work for him, then I'll just know it's not the right thing. And so that was a key moment in the beginning of our relationship where I was like, okay, this is really cool that I don't have to compromise my yeah. faith or what God is asking me to do or this relationship. And he stood by me the whole time. And it was just a really cool thing. So that's something that I always tell people in dating. It's like, you should never have to compromise what God is telling you to yeah. do for a guy. Yeah. Because like you said, there's our calling. Our purpose is so much more than who we mm -hmm. marry. And that plays a huge yeah. part of it. You know, obviously God, I was just talking to a friend of mine about this last night, actually, this idea that marriage is God's most clear picture to the world of his relationship with us. And so he takes it so seriously yes. and, and it's something too, that he wants us to really understand love and enjoy, because again, that's his reflection to the world of the joy of his love and all yeah. the goodness that comes from that. And so it's just so special when you wait for God's timing and you just let him do the work mm -hmm. in you along the way. Just like, okay, God, I'm all in with you. And then whenever you want to bring the right person to me, I'll be open. I'll be ready. Um, but I'm, I'm curious yeah. because this came up in our conversation last night, this idea of 
being content in singleness when you still have this desire, mm-hmm. like there's this kind of pull where it's like, yeah, you know, I desire to be married, but does that mean I'm discontent? And like, is the right person not going to come until I'm totally yeah. fine with being single? Do you have any thoughts on that? That's so funny because that's, that's definitely something that I've talked about even just with friends. Um, and we all get so like, just immediate, like eyes roll whenever we hear the <laughs> idea of like, it comes when you least expect it, which I, for a lot of people it does. And I think that, you know, I'm not against that, but I think it's, it's funny to me where, you know, when people are giving their well-meaning advice, when you're just having a moment of vulnerability of like, Hey, I really, I like don't want to be single right now. <laughs> like, I'm kind of over it, you know? Um, yeah. and it's so funny. Cause like the first thing that happens is like, well, just, you know, just, you know, when you least expect it, it's just going to happen. And all of a sudden a man, is going to fall from the sky and it's going to be your right. person and <laughs> you didn't even have to work for it. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I think when it comes to almost every other area in our lives, we put in effort, right? So think about like a job, you know, you put in a resume, you, you submit the resume, you go to interviews, you, you know, do, um, extra things in order to stand out in the crowd of, um, you know, other resumes. Um, I think about schooling, like if you have an end goal of like wanting to be, you know, a doctor, you're not just like sitting there, you know, at 19 being like, well, I'm going to be a doctor one day. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm not going to school. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to wake up one day and I'll be a doctor. Like, no, you go through hard stuff. You, you go to school for years and you take tests and you do trials and all the things like, and I just, I, I think the same is true when it comes to dating, right? Like we, when it comes to dating, this idea of just like, it happens when you least expect it, you don't have to put any effort and it just will appear. I think for some people that's their story. And I don't, I don't disagree with that. But I think for a lot of women that hear that story is they end up thinking like, well, am I doing something wrong? Because I haven't mm-hmm. been dating anyone in years and, <laughs> and nothing's been happening for me, you know? And then the questions I have for them, I'm like, are like, well, what are you doing? How are you investing in yourself? How are mm-hmm. you investing in that dream of yours to want to be in a relationship? what are you doing about that? And then oftentimes I hear back, well, no, I'm waiting for God to send me someone. I'm waiting, you know, for divine um, appointments and things, which I'm like, okay, that's great. Also, have you tried online dating? (laughs) Also, have you tried asking your friends to set you up? Also, have you tried going to, on, you know, speed dating events or anything like that? And they're like, no, 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 no. I just, I want it to happen when it's supposed to happen. And I'm like, that's great. But you need to know that there are so many different funnels to meeting new humans that if we are only, if you are doing the same thing over and over again, that's like the textbook definition of insanity, right? Like you're, if you're doing the same thing and expecting a different result, it's, that's, that's insane. You're not going to get a different result. So I think the same is true for women who are really wanting to, you know, that, you know, that is a dream of theirs to get married and they're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting that something just is going to magically fall from the sky and they didn't have to work for it. I'm just like, well, babe, there's a lot of different options. We can, we can figure this out together kind of thing. And the reason I say that is there's so many different funnels of meeting humans that I think women, they think of online dating as like, oh, that's me taking God's heart out of it or God's plan out of it. And I'm like, no, the same thing is true. If you were to walk into a grocery store and see an attractive 
man or whatever. Or they think online dating is like scary or bad or like you don't know there could be bad people on there. I'm like the same is true. You walk into a grocery yeah. store, you see an attractive man. You don't know his story. You don't know his name. You don't know how old he is. You don't know his background. You don't know his baggage. Like if you were to go up to him at a grocery store, what makes that any more different than being online where it's a group of people who have all committed to say, hey, I'm at least somewhat interested in a, a relationship. You know, there's going to be people who are there for hookups. I'm sure there's going to be people there who are there for unhealthy motivations and reasons. The same is true in any area of life. Like it, it's not just going to pop out of nowhere, you know? And I think that when it comes to fighting for your dating life and unto wanting a marriage eventually someday, putting in effort shouldn't be labeled as desperate or a bad thing. And if you feel like we sometimes think it is like, oh, if I get on online dating, that means I'm desperate. Or, oh, if I ask my friends to set me up on blind dates, that means I'm desperate. No, that just means that you're proactive and you're just trying to get out there and it's baby steps and that's okay. And if people think you're desperate for that, then those aren't the kind of people that you want in your life in the first place. Cause I can guarantee that if there's people that who love you and support you in your life that are your true friends, their voice is the ones that matter the most to you. And they're not going to say that you're desperate. If you're like, Hey, I'm really interested in getting back out there and dating again. I really want, I would like to get married one day. Could you think about maybe setting me up with someone or, um, you know, if you hear of anyone that you feel like would be a good fit for me, just let me know, you know? And so the side that we were just talking about a second ago of like, of just, you know, having hope for dating and marriage and wanting that, but then also for the women who are maybe struggling in their singleness right now and like really kind of struggling with the idea of like, of marriage and thinking that their only end goal is marriage. I, I would say like one of the biggest temptations as a single is putting your life on hold until you find your husband, but life doesn't mm -hmm. start when you get married, right? You have right. the capacity to go after your God given dreams right now. And using this time is important. Like, cause when you, if you want to get married, have kids one day, I'm sure you could speak to this hand. Like it's going time is going to look different and it's, that's not a bad thing. Your, your energy is allocated and another aspect of your dreams and calling But when you're single, you can also use the time that will be used eventually on family and kids yeah. right now. And so I feel like being able to uncover those dreams, the questions I would ask are like, and on three main points would be like gifts and passions. What are you good at? What are you passionate about? What do you love to do? What do others say, say that you're good at? Another thing that you can like, you know, dig deeper into find, finding your passions and goals outside of just being married would be like different pain points in your life. Like, um, what were some pain points that you experienced? Like, how did you heal from those things? How did you overcome from those things? Those things could be a roadmap to healing for other people. Mm -hmm. So just uncovering that. And then another point would be God moments. So what were some significant God moments that you had in your life and why were they significant to you? Um, you know, and is there a silver thread that's kind of running through all of them or prophetic words that you've gotten or received or words that people have spoken over you? Like, is there a common thread? So kind of navigating all of those kind of questions and boiling down to like, what, what is it that I'm really passionate about? And what is a calling in my life outside of just, um, getting married? Yeah. Does that answer your question? I feel like I went, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's so good. I, I love it because I mean, the questions that come to mind are things that you've, you've touched on and, and kind of communicated so well, it's just like, man, I love that idea of, you know, if you want to get married, what are you doing to put yourself out there? Because that is daunting. Mm -hmm. I feel like, at least for me, I mean, I got oh. married fairly young, but I think about friendships as an adult and how awkward that can be. It's just a different dynamic. Yeah. Cause you feel like, I don't know, at least for me growing up in the church, maybe it's just like a normal human being thing, but you get to the certain age and you're just kind of expected to have it figured out. 
And there's yeah, so much totally. permission to not know. Like it's so, there's so much yes. grace and space when you're single to figure out yourself and just really lean into God and, and what he's calling you to do. And it's so special then when you have really embraced that part of like who you are and your identity, like you've already touched yeah. on that when you join with another person, it's, it's just so cool. Like when you have another person yeah. who's also done the work for themselves to get ready for a good, healthy relationship, it's just, there's so, that's so cool. And there's nothing like it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love everything I you just said. Beautiful. I echo all of that, especially from my experience with dating good and bad relationships. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh man. I mean, I think that even speaks into like, you know, the idea of, of like bad relationships, you know, like we were talking about breakups earlier and I just feel like this is such an important topic because I feel like this is something that's been really highlighted lately that I, just in, in my own life. I mean, in my own life, I've, I've just recently went through a breakup like six months ago um, and we were engaged at one point. It was a serious relationship. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a little like two month thing, you know, <laughs> but I'm really proud of the way that we made the decision to end our relationship. We mm -hmm. did it. It was really beautiful. It didn't mean that it was a it wasn't painful. It didn't hurt like hell. Yes, it did. It sucked. Like that was someone that you were connected with and you built with and you had plans and dreams with. So I just, I'm thinking of all the women who may be listening, who are currently going through a breakup, just knowing that you're not alone in that pain. Cause it's very real. There were studies done on, um, like our, on our, on brains of women who've gone through breakups. And it was saying that, um, how was it? It was like, there's the same part of your brain that lights up during physical pain. Like if you broke your leg or something, lights up when you have a broken bond like that, like a broken relationship. So it's to wow. all the women who may be listening, who are going through a breakup and you're like, I am stuck. Like I am in pain. It's been X amount of weeks or X amount of months or years or whatever, but I am still hurting. You're not crazy. You are not crazy. Your body physically goes through, um, a, a period of just you know, pain and withdrawal from something that was so normal for you. And it's almost like you're breaking a habit, right? Like mm. if you're so used to talking and seeing someone every day and having that person to rely on, and then it's not there anymore, it is this feeling of like, oh my gosh, what do I do with my time now? Like I right. kind of feel, you know, open and there's all this more space to think and ruminate and assume what, what could have I done differently? What, what could have they done differently? If it was mm -hmm. a painful breakup, like if they cheated or something like what was wrong with me that they chose that all those thoughts kind of start to invade on that lack of, or that your newfound time in, yeah. you know, space. Um, but yeah, one thing that I really learned about breakups, because when he and I went through our breakup, it was, I mean, it sucked. It wasn't fun. But it was, yeah. I, it was so beautiful in the way that we did it. Like we had a, a really healthy conversation about how much we cared for one another, but knew that we weren't able to give each other what we needed. And I feel like after that breakup with him, I feel like I had this new understanding of relationships that relationships that end don't mean that they were failures. Um, I look at any relationship as you know, I mean, aside from like abusive relationships, it's a whole different story, but if we're just talking about the, you know, the everyday broken relationship um, or breakup. And um, I mean, it was a success in the sense that you learned and you grew and you've, you found new things that you needed and you found things that you didn't need anymore. And you were able to shed things that weren't actually serving you anymore. And you were able to take on things that actually were, and you were able to hear God's heart in the midst of it. And so there's so many different things in a breakup that um, can actually uncover more of who you are as a woman. And it doesn't mean that you're broken if you are, you know, walking through pain from a breakup. And what I've learned so much about breakups, even, you know, recently walking through my own is like, 
the pain that you face in a breakup is never just about your ex. Like it's never just about losing your current ex. It is recycled pain. It is, mm-hmm. you know, childhood pain. It's past experiences. It's almost this idea of um, a confirmation bias where it's like, you're looking for evidence to prove to you that this is why I'm not worth it. Like wow. if, as a kid, you dealt with so much pain and maybe your parents weren't present to you, or maybe, you know, X, Y, and Z happened. Um, and you get into a breakup and, you know, similar threads are kind of coming up again. It's like, it feels so much bigger because it wasn't just, you know, the relationship of two months that got broken up. It was the five-year-old girl who didn't have a dad supporting her. It was the, you know, the relationship years ago that really broke you apart that you weren't able to fully heal from. It's the big emotion or the, all the big emotions leading up to the one. And it almost has, I mean, it has things to do with your ex, I'm sure, but it, almost always has way more to do um, with recycled pain and being mm-hmm. able to uncover that is so freeing and empowering to you because you get to understand that this breakup sucked. It wasn't fun, but this is not my end all be all. Like if the pain that I'm feeling right now is something I can walk through and heal from and get stronger from, like this is you know, a breakup is a bridge to your final destination. If your goal is to get married one day, yeah. you tried it, it didn't work. Great. Like now you know what you really need moving forward and not great in the sense that, okay, great. That, you know, didn't hurt or wasn't, you know, painful. No, but it was great in the sense that you learned so much about what you needed in a long-term partner. And if that took going through hard things to find that, that was worth it. And you did not waste time. I think that's the biggest thing I want to speak over women who are maybe currently going through a breakup is the years that you spent with that person, the months, the weeks, the time you invested, the heart you invested was not a waste of time. And I know in my own life, that was something I had to navigate of like, oh my gosh, I just waste, you know, three, four years of my life Mm -hmm. on a relationship. And I just got alone with God and was like, no, this was not wasted time because I learned xyz this is not a waste of time because i was able to grow in xyz it wasn't a waste of time because i met all these new connections through this person i made all of these memories and i get to hold on to these these get to be mine forever mm-hmm. and you know like we didn't get married but i you know from 23 to 25 i had incredible memories with him and i'm grateful to have those and those get to be mine forever even if we get married to other people and that's a good thing those aren't bad things and so i think the first thing I would say for someone who's breaking, going, going through a breakup would be like, you know, asking yourself, what are you ruminating on? What story are you telling yourself about this breakup? Like, cause that's going to point to the recycled pain. Like we, our brains are wired to find confirmation bias of like all the evidence to prove that I'm somehow not good enough to uh, support the lies that we're believing about ourselves or support mm-hmm. the negative story that we're trying to tell ourselves. So if you're able to uncover those, then you are so much more equipped to do this thing well and heal from this breakup and move on and, and find the strength to meet someone new one day with even more secure security inside of yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Wow. That's so good. And I'm so glad that's something you talk about because I feel like the breakup is such a, just, I mean, it's just hard and it's sometimes even taboo to talk about like even the idea of breaking up well, like the idea that breaking up can be so good and healthy and beautiful. Like, even though it hurts so bad, like you really can take away so much good from that. 
that will lead you into better things in the future. And so thank you yeah. for sharing that. I just appreciate you sharing from where you are of currently course. coming from in your journey. And it's just been so <laughs> cool to see. So yeah, before we close, I'm so glad. I would love to hear, mm -hmm. do you have any like top dating tips for our single ladies? So many dating tips. There were so many things that I was like wanting to talk about today, but I'm like, if we talk about this, this will be a five hour podcast. Um, I would say number one, um, as far as like resources even go, one thing that is so key and has like changed the way that I have viewed dating is understanding my attachment style and attachment theory is a scientific based study that um, was done years ago by a man named Dr. Bowlby and one of his students. And it is the study itself is incredible. I'm like a psychology junkie. So just learning about this <laughs> stuff is so fascinating to me. But when I stumbled on this, it was so pivotal to how I changed my dating journey. So I feel like a lot of women will be like, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm dating the same man all over again. I'm always attracted to the bad boy. I'm always attracted to the un emotionally unavailable man. Like, and the attachment theory really points to why you do that. <laughs> and it's not some like, you know, out there, like, you know, a lot of people have opinion on the Enneagram or whatever, and it's not, it's not a personality typing system. It is a literal scientific based study that they did. If I go into it, I'm going to keep talking about it. So I'm going to stop there. And I'm going to tell you the resource <laughs> to get. You're going to read the book. The book attached is really good. It's, a, um, it's by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. Um, it's not a, I will say about this book, it's not a faith-based book. So as long as you're fine with that, like for people who are listening, um, it talks more in depth about the study that was done and then the understanding of the different styles. Essentially what attachment style is, is it's proving the point of like how your upbringing affects the way that you see, perceive and receive love um, mm. in dating relationships. And it is insane and it's beautiful and it's awesome. So we also, um, in the, the organization that I work with, More Revolution, we did a podcast not too long ago, I think like a year ago on the topic of attachment styles with a clinical um, psychologist so if you want to check that out too, maybe we can, I'll send you the link when we can put it in the show notes, but that's yeah. about it too. But the book attached is really good. If you're like wanting to like dive deep into it, I would also say the book, if you're in a more serious relationship and you're trying to figure out like, is this a dude I want to marry? Um, a really good unearthing book is Sacred Search by Gary Thomas. Um, mm -hmm. That book will bring up a lot of vital questions that need to be talked about prior to marriage or prior to the engagement conversation. They also would say the Heart of Dating podcast. They talk about so many different types of things in the realm of dating and Christian dating. That's like awesome. So they talk about all the taboo things over there as well. And I really love them, especially if you're a podcast listener like me. Um, and then I would say uh, Boundaries in Dating by Henry Cloud is also a really good book. Mm -hmm. But I would probably end all of my resources with saying, if you are also like me in the sense that you are an external processor and in order for you to understand how you feel about something, you need to process it out and just, just talk it through. Um, having a coach, life coach counseling is so vital when it comes to dating. A lot of people wouldn't think so. You think like, oh, I can just talk with my friends or I'm going to share with my family or I could talk in my small groups. No, it's so different when you come into a space with someone who is completely unbiased, who's not going to judge you and is giving you free realm to feel what you need to feel. I knew for a long time with me, I would share with my family or I'd share with my mom or I'd share with my best friend about, you know, the struggles I was going through or the relationships I was in. And then it was like, it would put a bad taste in all of my friends' mouths of like the person mm -hmm. I was seeing. But really, I just needed to process it out. I don't even know yeah. if I actually felt what I felt <laughs> in that moment. But then 
that carried on with them. And they were like, well, do you remember that one time? And I'm like, well, no, like we actually walked through that. It was fine. I was really mad and I was bitter in the moment. And then, you know, and so having someone to externally be a backboard for you in dating is so important. And so if something, if that's something that you're interested in dating coaching, I think is obviously, I think it's incredible because I've been doing it. I love it. Um, and then date well, obviously date well is so fun. We'd yes. love to have you come join us at date. Well, um, if you're really like, no, I want to jumpstart that. Like if you, maybe were, we were just talking about heartbreak, if you just went through a heartbreak, I would so encourage you to join us at date well, because it really is going to be a jumpstart, um, into you uncovering who you are again, post breakup, finding your, um, equilibrium, um, finding, you know, your new normal, and then also getting ready to be back out there and dating and how to do that. And so, yeah, those would be all of my recommendations. Thank you so much. This has just been so cool to talk about. I wish this was talked about more. I wish I had talked about it more when I was dating. So I'm just so grateful to you, your story and what you do with date. Well, um, so thank you so much for being here. Can you please tell everybody where they can connect with you and get more of this goodness? I'd love that. Yes. So I, I am on social media. It's just Sloan underscore Wilson. I'm pretty sure. I don't post much on my Instagram. My Instagram is more of like, I'm sure you probably relate to this too, but it's like, it's my life. You know, I just like mm-hmm. to have my life there. So I don't post a lot of my things that I do there, but I will say that, um, if you are interested in doing dating coaching with me, all the ladies who are listening on this call right now, you guys can get $10 off your first session with me. Um, I'll give you the code for that, Hannah, and we can put that in the show notes. And then if you are like, oh my gosh, Date Well does sound interesting and I want to follow Sloan more there or I want to learn more about what they're talking about at Date Well, um, I'd love to give you guys a discount there. I'll give you $50 off and we'll give you the code. Um, you can just use code Sloan and then you can follow the link that Hannah will put in the show notes. You'll get $50 off of Date Well. So those are, those are my little other little tidbits if you want to come join the party with where I'm at. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you to offer. So you guys definitely need to go connect with Sloan, go connect with Datewell. They've just got so many more resources just like this. We truly could have a five-hour show just talking about this. So you guys (laughs) let me know if we need to have Sloan back for part two, we will do it. (laughs) But seriously, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate you sharing. And this has just been so fun. Oh my gosh. Yes, it's been so fun. I'm so glad I got to jump on the space with you, Hannah. You, you're killing it, girl. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWords Show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember, I am cheering you on.